You're listening to the Geriatric Mamas Podcast with Jessica Raziri and Sonia Tapley. Yeah, I wish I could get a new car every time there's something wrong with my tires mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. Like a bird shit on my windshield. I think time for a new vehicle. one. <laughs> time for a new one. Oh gosh, then oh, I, need a, I need a new one ten times over. Then yeah, I literally, I'm like, I my problem is like, I'll get like a new car. Well, it's not like it's like new to me, a car, and then it'll be like two weeks in or like a month in, and then like I'll see like the next version of it or like a different a different car and I'm like ah damn it I hate this car now and then it's like I'm stuck with it for like ever that's exactly what happened mine so I like I got mine and I was so excited because I was like yeah it's a new SUV I need it I love it I had to I had to have it so obsessed with it and then um all of a sudden it occurred to me a couple weeks after purchasing the car that um it's kind of like a it's kind of like a a hatchback (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's like a I was crossover if it it's was. not really yeah. it's not really an SUV it's more like a crossover but it kind of looks like a fucking hatchback and I hate hatchbacks <laughs> yeah, so now I have it in my head for wanting a hatchback. I hate it and so I have it in my head that it's a fucking hatchback and so every time I pull up to like an SUV that's like way up here and I'm like down here and I'm just like this is fucking awful i hate it <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate it it's pretty though it's a pretty car it's not bad yeah, no is. i mean it is for a hatchback <laughs> and then like everybody in the family knows that i'm like sensitive to that so sean my brother and i'll be like oh i like your he- oh i parked behind just go park behind jessica's hatchback and, oh i like your hatchback i'm just like fuck you <laughs> that was funny god um well Welcome, everybody, <laughs> Geriatric Mamas podcast. Tiffany is here today to discuss um, kind of a heavy one. We have a heavy topic for everybody today, but it's definitely something that's important um, that is not discussed enough, and that is miscarriages. Um, a lot of women go through it. A lot of them just kind of feel the need to keep it to themselves for one you know reason or another, and because of that, there's kind of uh I guess kind of like a stigma around it and it's just an unspoken thing that happens and there's the truth is is it's a it's a very common thing and so we're going to dive into that today um both Tiffany and I unfortunately have stories to share that pertain to this so we're going to open up and go over those. But before we dive into that, just kind of want to go over a few facts about miscarriages. About 10 to 20% of pregnancies end in a miscarriage. The actual number is actually is likely higher because many miscarriages occur very early in pregnancy, often before the woman realizes that she's pregnant. Um, a lot of times, I know one of a couple of mine were very a couple, <laughs> I've had like 30, just kidding. Um, <laughs> one of mine was very, very, um, early and it was actually considered what they call like a a chemical pregnancy. And um, I only knew that I was pregnant because obviously I was doing the whole two week wait and I was trying and everything. But had I not been trying and had I, you know, not been tracking it and testing or whatever, I would have just assumed that my period was delayed by a couple of days. Um, So I wouldn't have known that it was actually a a chemical pregnancy slash miscarriage that was taking place. Um, about 70% of miscarriages are due to chromosome defects. Um, a positive spin to this, one that was helping Tiffany and I 
really makes sense of it is that your body is basically doing what it was designed to do. So it recognized that there was something not right about the embryo and it rejected it. Um, we made other jokes that were inappropriate that we will not be sharing, but you know, by, by light of the situation, it's like, you know, moving on. Um, geriatric mamas, women 35 and older have an increased risk of having miscarriages. The age of the man could also increase the odds as well. Um, other factors that can contribute to miscarriage include smoking, drinking alcohol, using street drugs, cocaine, meth, heroin, heroin, <laughs> they say in the streets, being exposed to harmful chemicals, having two Wait, or more is previous. Heroin an actual thing? No, it's actually, it's hair. It's, okay. Well, it's hair. It's heroin. <laughs> yeah. But whenever we watch, like, um, I watch, like, like uh, Love After Lockup or, yes. like, any of, like, whatever, they're just like, hair on. Seriously, <laughs> so, like, I didn't know yeah. that. I learned a new important fact today. Very yeah. important. <laughs> that's what, that's buzz on the streets. It's called hair on. <laughs> important to stay away from. Right. Yeah, stay away. <laughs> so, put the, so just, if you don't want a miscarriage, just cut back on your use of hair on for okay. a little bit and then you can resume. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks. Good thing you explained um, that to me. Yeah. So <laughs> having two or more previous miscarriages, autoimmune disorders, obesity, having a BMI of 30 or higher, hormone problems such as PCOS, thyroid problems, kidney disease, congestional heart, congestional heart disease, severe malnutrition, stress. Um, although there are things that you can do to, to reduce the risk, there's really no real way to prevent a miscarriage. So if, if your body's going through the motions and re already like stripping down the layers of the lining to reject the embryo, you can't stop the, the inevitable. It's, it's going right. to happen. Don't you wish yeah. you could just go in there and just like plant the embryo? That would just be amazing. Well, I mean, I guess you, that's kind of what they do in IVF. Oh no, but they don't implant they, it. They, they just still shoot it up there, they? but I feel like my yeah. doctor kind of I don't know. I feel like he's magical because he's gotten so many women pregnant. But did you know before we go into uh, the, the next thing? Did you know about um, what's it called? It's uh, embryo glue. No. What? Yeah. There's so embryo glue. Yes. <laughs> so I'm probably. I think there's another term for it, but but um, Dallas IVF used it. So I talked mm -hmm. to Doctor Koo about it, and I he's like, yeah, we use that. So they basically they include it in the catheter that they use to shoot it up. And it's just a mm -hmm. little bit, it's not really glue, but it's like, um, it kind of works as glue. Yeah. So it basically helps make it puts like a coating or something. Yeah. It puts a coating or something around the embryos to help it stick. Yeah. That's amazing. The lining, so it helps it attach. Yeah. It makes me wonder. It makes me wonder. I know. Dr. Landon did the same crazy? thing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about, um, why the topic of miscarriage is so taboo. Um, a loss is hard to talk about. Obviously we, um, we all know that many women decide to wait until the second trimester before announcing their pregnancy when the risk of miscarriage drops dramatically, which, you know, um, <laughs> It's <laughs> hello, Bradley, in the background. <laughs> oh my. I was like, did one of the pugs explode or I something? I thought it was a pterodactyl all of a sudden, but no, it's just absolutely sounds like a baby dinosaur. It's a new <laughs> thing. And um, yes, part of being a geriatric mama, it's hard to get that sound out when you're trying it's to get stuff done. Yes. It's kind of adorable. It's so funny. It's so cute. <laughs> He's very proud of it. So 
Sorry. So, no, it's okay. So, so as most geriatric mamas know, um, the risk of loss kind of goes down dramatically for the second trimester. So that's why a lot of women wait. If they never announced they were pregnant, it's difficult to announce they experience loss. Um, Just take a pause for a minute. That actually, that actually really hit with me because it's so true. It was not a lot of people knew that we were trying. Mm -hmm. And so, And I also didn't, I was afraid to tell a lot of people because like, well, God forbid, like, you know, something did happen and then I'd have to explain that. And that was really hard. So then like when we did lose, then it's like, how do you turn around and then say, oh, we were pregnant. Now Mm -hmm. we're not again. Right. And so like, we were literally just kind of suffering quietly. And it was like, only my close friends knew about it. And it's like a lot of women, I think what ends up happening is like you, this is a lot more common than people realize. So then what happens is when it does happen to you, all you see are these like beautiful birth announce or pregnancy announcements on social media. Mm-hmm. You don't see any announcements of like, just had a miscarriage, you know, like right. who's announcing that. And right. so you're literally just sitting here by yourself. And then you have people asking you like, oh, are you trying? Are you trying? You're like, well, I'm actually bleeding out my dead fetus right now. But other than mm-hmm. that, no. You know, right. it's like, what do you fucking say? Like, right. I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, disclose that. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, so it's, yeah. it's awful. It's depressing and it's just hard to, you know, it's just hard to talk about in general when you're going through all of that. So I, mm-hmm. I totally mm-hmm. get it. So because not many women share the news of having a miscarriage, this creates a misconception that it's not common, which isn't true. And that's, that's so true. I didn't know about how many women miscarriage and how many times they miscarriage until I was actually pregnant with Annabelle. And then the first <laughs> pterodactyl <laughs> flying through. But when I found out about all of that, that's when the first trimester scaries really hit home and hard. Um, because miscarriage isn't talked about enough, women often have the expectation that everything is going to be fine and the risk of having a miscarriage isn't there. Uh, there's an unspoken pressure that's put on women when it comes to being able to conceive carrying a baby to term and birthing a healthy human. It's all on us, ladies. All Mm -hmm. on us. Women often put the blame on themselves. Yeah. And they fear judgment from others. I was reading something. This is years ago when I had one of my, my first miscarriage. Um, and when you think of the words that have, that start with miss, miss opportunity, misunderstanding, mm-hmm. mistake. Miss is the indication that something was done incorrectly, right? Like it was, it was done wrong. And so to say miscarried, mm-hmm. it's all kind on of implies that the woman yeah. carried her baby wrong. And so I was reading something that it's like, I didn't miscarry my baby. My baby died. Right. You know, it's like, right. there's a, there is a difference there. Right. And it's like, you don't really think about it, but even the word itself is putting that onus on the mm-hmm. mother, which is like not fair, you know, right. because it's not, I mean, there are obviously things that could happen that could be the mother's fault, but usually mm-hmm. it's, you know, usually unless you're out not. there doing hair on and <laughs> on the streets, <laughs> like it's, it's not your fault. Right. You know, mm-hmm. there's, you, it, it happens, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the unhelpful comments that um, you'll hear and the thing, you know, when you hear of somebody that had a miscarriage, 
it often can be hard for loved ones and friends to know exactly what to say. And yeah. so I think a defense mechanism is to you just you want to be helpful, you want to fix it, and you want to say things that are going to kind of help get them out of it. And really, all it's doing is it's just it's helping that person in the moment. It's not mm -hmm. helping the person that's going through it. And so some comments um, that are un very unhelpful are, well, at least you know you can get pregnant. <laughs> um, it just wasn't I can meant actually, to be. I can oh. actually say I did hear that one. Um, <laughs> and I will tell you, it was, it was not wanted and it was mm -hmm. not helpful. Well, it just wasn't meant to be. It's like, okay, thanks. Thanks for that. Well, they're in a better place now. I never heard that one, but no. seriously, what the fuck? <laughs> well, you can always try again. Oh, can I? Did I get your permission to try again? Good. I'll, I'll go try that again. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's not like I bought the wrong pair of shoes and now let me go like order the right pair. Like, are you kidding me? So yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and again, it's like, you know, it's, they, they just truly, it's, it's not coming from a place of them wanting to be assholes. They truly, they just don't, know. don't know what to say. They don't know what to right. say. And mm -hmm. it's literally them just wanting to, they think that they're making you feel better. And it really just doesn't, it really doesn't help. <laughs> right. um, and basically what it does is it forces the, it enforces the mindset of keep it to yourself, which, mm -hmm. you know, further aids in the discussion of miscarriage being taboo, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Back when Adam and I were, you know, first, well, we, we got married and then, um, I know I mentioned this in the, the opening, but, you know, I wanted a honeymoon baby and Adam wanted to wait a little bit. And so we waited for probably like, you know, a couple months and then we weren't trying, but like we weren't not trying. Like I wasn't on birth control. You know, we weren't obviously doing things to like not have it happen. And mm -hmm. we got pregnant pretty quickly. And of course, I was just like very naive to the whole idea of miscarriage. I thought like they're pregnant. That's it. You're done. Move on. Um, Sonia was like one of the first people to know. I was like so excited. Um, mm -hmm. Well, back up. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, um, I was anxious. I was shocked that it happened so quickly. Um, I showed her the sticks. I took like so many um, and they just kept being positive. Um, but I was freaking out. We were in the middle of remodeling our house. We had just gotten married. We had only been married for, I want to say, like four months at this point. So it happened really soon. We didn't even have a kitchen. Like our entire downstairs that you see here, it was just like, it was totally gutted. So it wasn't necessarily the best timing. Um, but I was like, you know, we'll figure it out. So we have to live with our in-laws for a little bit. It's fine. We'll figure this out. Um, we, like I said, we're naive. We just assumed that because it happened, it's going to it's good. Uh, it was like the next day we invited my father-in-law over for dinner. We told him the news. He was so excited. He immediately starts crying and we were just so happy about it. Um, and then I'm on my way to work and I, I woke up that morning and I was feeling kind of like a weird dull pain in my lower left abdomen. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like a normal, like gas pain or like, it didn't even feel like a period cramp. It was just a weird dull ache, my lower left abdomen. And I, I think my heart kind of sunk a little because I think I kind of knew what was probably about to happen or something just came over me that was just like, this isn't good. And um, I 
started listening to like different um, podcasts about like, you know, pregnancy. And I was actually looking for like um, somebody to talk about like the early signs of a miscarriage or I thought I was having a miscarriage, but I really wasn't. Or mm-hmm. I had a dull ache, but everything was fine, you know, because like I wanted to like see, you know, something to like lift my spirits and be like, no, everything's okay. Everything's okay. So I get to work and about like two hours in of being a work to work, um, I went to the bathroom and that's where I noticed that there was blood on the, um, on the toilet paper. And, um, of course I'm freaking out. So I call my OB. I let them know like, um, Hey, I tested positive. I was supposed to go in there. Like, um, I had an appointment like that Thursday and I think it was like a Monday or Tuesday when this started happening. And I had, um, an appointment that Thursday to go in for blood work and everything. And so I called them and I was just like, Hey, I just started bleeding. Like, um, and so they were like, okay, well, um, it could just be implantation bleeding. And I'm just like, eh, it's, it's not just spotting. Like it, it's a lot. Like I don't yeah. like think that's what it is. Um, can I please come in? And they're like, okay, you can come in. So, um, I went in, I, they did blood work and then I went back to work. Mind you, the entire time I'm just kind of keeping like, everything's fine. Everything's great. We act, um, you know, everything's whatever. Um, went back to work and stuff and then, um, kept bleeding the rest of the day. And I ended up going home early because it was just too much. And unfortunately the results came back and my doctor was just not very, uh, sympathetic in her words. She was definitely very scientific. Um, her, she was, they were supposed to call me first of all, and said, I got an email and it was like, Oh, your lab results came back. This is the number you were not pregnant, not, um, you were no longer pregnant not sorry for your loss or sorry to inform you. This is what happened. Um, and that was the first that I learned about a chemical pregnancy. And apparently for those of you that aren't familiar with the term chemical pregnancy, cause I wasn't until it happened, but apparently what a chemical pregnancy is, is it's when the egg and the sperm combine, but it doesn't result in a viable embryo causing a very early miscarriage. So technically you've conceived, which is why women may see a positive pregnancy test result. However, the embryo just never develops. Many women will have chemical pregnancies and not be aware of it um, because it happens really close to when they're supposed to have their period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's apparently what had happened. Um, but the thing that you know, to my doctor, she's just like, Oh, it was just a chemical. It wasn't real. Well, I will tell you the Mm -hmm. feelings and the emotions I got when I saw the positive test results on that Mm -hmm. pee stick were very real to me and seeing the blood on the toilet paper and having the reality that it's not real or not a thing anymore was very real to me. So a loss is a loss is a fucking loss. So Mm -hmm. first of all, that's, you know, it's very real. The emotions are the same. It's not fun. Um, And so that was the first time. And we looked at that as kind of, it was for the best because the timing was shit. Our house was upside down. It wasn't, you know, the time or place for it. So we decided to just kind of wait um, a bit. I went back on birth control for a little while. And then we had our one year anniversary and we decided, you know what, let's start trying um, again. And so we came back from our honeymoon 
or honeymoon anniversary vacation. And we started trying. And then about two or three months later, we get pregnant again. And this time I'm just kind of like, okay, like this is real. Like we planned this one. I'd been on like um, many supplements. I had been like taking care of my body better. I was like, this is great. We're going to, you know, we got this. And it was, it um, kind of started the same. So I, well, this time we didn't tell anybody. We like really kept it to ourselves because of what happened last time. We didn't want to share the news or anything. Um, and so kind of the same situation. I was on my way to work and kind of started feeling that dull pain. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. This time though, it was like the last time it was like, um, the dull pain started happening like very, very early. It was like two days later. This time it had been like four days after I had, um, tested positive. And so I'm on my way to work and I'm feeling this dull pain. We have corporate in town. We have, um, people from another market in the office and we had been prepping for them coming in town. The office was clean. Everybody was like ready. Like we had all these like different, like gate, not games, but like team exercises we had planned for the week, like all these different meetings. So really was not a good time. And I'm at work. It's kind of the same thing. Um, I remember I had, um, I started bleeding. I call, go in, blood work, come back to the office and still bleeding. I remember leaving the bathroom after it looked like literally like a crime scene in the toilet. <laughs> oh my and gosh. I had to like pull, pull myself together in the mirror. I saw one of my coworkers in the hall. She's like, you look so cute today. And I'm just like, Thanks. <laughs> and like walked back into my desk. It was just very surreal. Like I was keeping it all mm -hmm. in. Like nobody knew. Nobody even knew we were trying. Nobody knew anything. And so I, where my desk was, I was sitting right next to the person who was coming in from corporate. And I don't know if she could like smell it on me like a fucking shark with blood or what. But literally, it was just the worst timing. She legit looks over at me. She looks at her. She's like, are there any mommies? Are there any mommies? I want to see baby photos. Are you a mommy? Literally oh, looks right at me as I'm goodness. literally bleeding out my, my chance of being a mommy right. in that moment. And I'm just like, nope, I'm not a mommy. And then it was like um, on my way home. So that week, so that was the, that day that it happened. I called in sick the next day just because I needed a, obviously a fucking minute. Went back to work um, the following day day after that or whatever. And, um, on my way home that night from work, I get a phone call from my cousin Kate that, um, she found out that she was, they were expecting and she found out actually, I think around the same time that I found out. Um, so it was pretty early that she was telling me I was one of the first. Um, and of course I obviously want to be happy for her. I don't really want to tell her what was going on. I want to steal that moment from her. So I, Tucked my emotions aside. I was happy for her, so excited, and got to the phone and literally cried myself all the way home. Yeah. Mm. And then the very next day, like timing was just fucking terrible. It was like I had a magnet on me. I'm like, everybody, please tell her your story. <laughs> um, I went back to work the next day, and one of my um, coworkers, who I became really close friends with, his wife. I get a text message from her and it's her ultrasound photo. And she's just like, Oh my God, we're pregnant again. And I'm just like, love that for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shoot me right now. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it was just 
fucking miserable. Like I don't wish that feeling on anybody. Like right. my worst enemy. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's just something that you know. I don't really open up or talk about a lot. You know, obviously I talked about it to Tiffany and Sonia and Hayden and Amanda, but um, to a lot of people really hadn't shared. And we, you know, really kept it from the family too. Like my family um, didn't know that any of that happened until like two years later, finally I opened up and in the midst of all this, I'm getting questions of like, Oh, are you, con- you considering having babies? Are you open to it? Or, you know, look at all those rooms you have in your house. You should, you need to start filling them up with kids. You're not getting any younger, you know, like, Oh, are mm-hmm. you just planning on being a mom to pugs or are you going to have a human <laughs> child too? And it's just like, it's and the thing is, is it's like they they don't know, but mm-hmm. it, this whole experience definitely opened my eyes up too because I know I've asked these questions to people before in my life without mm-hmm. knowing, and it's just you don't know the people that are struggling alone quietly. Um, a lot of times, the people that are all smiley and acting like everything's great are really going through it behind mm-hmm. closed doors, and so. Right. It's just, yeah, it was a, a struggle I, I don't wish on anybody, for sure. No, definitely not. I don't, I can't even imagine going through that being at work. I yeah, mean, you know, not fun. It was not no. fun. It was literally the worst. And like the fact that like, I don't, I can't even, it felt like, it felt like the second I sat down in my seat do we have any mommies here? Are you a mommy? And like, and I'm sure it wasn't that quick. I'm sure it probably was like a, maybe an hour or so, but it felt, mm-hmm. it was just, it was a lot. I was just right. like, Oh my God. Oh, and the best part. So I hadn't, went, hadn't been telling anybody at work, obviously that this was happening. And, um, so when that, that chick left, you know, she sends her like her thoughts to our, my boss and stuff of how all the recruiters are doing and everything. And one of the the feedback that they got was that I, I seemed very disconnected. No fucking wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's awful. Oh, I seem disconnected. Well, let me tell you why. Right. <laughs> Literally. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you why. Like <laughs> awful. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, do you want to share? Yeah, your I can story? go through mine. Um, Oddly, very similar <laughs> stories to Jess's. Um, I guess my first one would be considered a, a chemical pregnancy as well. Um, that so unlike Jess, mine happened after my first child. So to her point earlier, loss is a loss, but it's um, I think when you're really trying and you haven't had a child yet, and you know you're having them, I think it's a little bit harder because you're wondering like. Are, are they ever going to make it to the end, you know? And so I was mm-hmm. very fortunate that I already had my baby and that it was not long after him that it happened. And so I was, it was still upsetting, but um, I still felt like I had time to like have another one. I already have my baby. And so it gave me a little bit of peace, um, but it still, um, it was in February. So we, um, I went off birth control and we started cause I, I wanted babies close together. So I figured like, we'll just start trying. I, I had a C-section, so I knew there was a chance it might take a while, but, um, I was fine with it being super close together. So why not just start trying and, and, and see if we can have them close together. My sister and I are 14 months apart and we had a very 
great relationship growing up. So it was something I would have loved to have. And um, so the first one was in February um, and we were not on any um, like fertility medications, which we used for um, my first son. And quite honestly, like we tried with him for seven or eight months um, before um, going with like Clomid and trigger shot or whatever. So there is a chance that I had one before, but I had never been pregnant before. So I didn't, I, I didn't know, you know, like it's highly possible, you know, because they can start so early. So, um, but this time around, I wasn't on any medication, which can sometimes make you feel pregnant or give you different, you know, symptoms that can be confusing. Um, and I knew like very early on, like things were happening with my body. I'm this very sensitive person. I feel everything. And like, I just, I just knew, um, that, you know, that things were, were happening for me. And it was just odd. I was, um, a little bit late for my, for my period. And I was like waiting this time to, to test, um, and mainly because I didn't, I didn't have any, I ordered some on Amazon and I was just like, I know I'm pregnant. I'm not that worried about testing. Um, and then I ended up, that's when I ended up having the miscarriage where it was very obvious to me because it was very, um, I have pretty um, similar like cycles and like how they start and everything. And it was like, to Jess's point, a murder scene and like mm-hmm. a lot of cramping, just very different. And I, I just knew that that is what happened and had talked to Jess before knew her story. And so did a little more research and I'm like, yeah, that's definitely what happened. Um, but I didn't let it get to me too much. Um, then went to starting Clomig. So I was like, you know, we got really excited about it. And, you know, then when that happened, we're like, well, let's be a little bit more aggressive with trying and, um, and everything. Cause we, we both knew we wanted another. So I started Clomid in March, um, and did, it was unsuccessful and then did it again in April. Um, and this time was the second round where like, was pretty sure I was pregnant and everything. I had a lot of symptoms, but I was like, I don't want to get too excited because like it could just be the medication and all of that. And I didn't want to like let myself down, you know, by like getting all excited about it. Um, but I did end up getting pregnancy test um, positive. And then like I kept testing and testing and testing. I probably went through like 20 tests and um, I felt like that line just wasn't getting darker like it did with um, my fun and so I was concerned um because of what just happened a couple months prior so um I just kept testing I messaged the doctor and she's like just wait until you know the day that we told you to test because I started testing early and which I did and I tested that day and it was still positive but it was just a very faint line and so they had me come in and um they did blood work and this was like day five of like positive pregnancy, but like, again, just faint line, faint line, faint line. And so, um, I, I go in and do the blood work and, um, leave and go back to work. So I'm in the, in the field, you know, at the job site and I get a call from the doctor and I'm like in the middle of a conversation with one of the subs, I'm like, sorry, I've got to take this call and like run the back of muddy area (laughs) where no one's standing. Um, and I take the call and the doctor calls and was like, I'm calling you with you. I wish I was calling 
um, with different news. But mm. unfortunately, what we think happened is that it implanted and um, just stopped developing. So um, it's it's not going to turn into anything for you, unfortunately. And basically, it's going to die off in the next couple of days or so. Um, and just to be expecting that. And I'm like, great, can't wait. So was just super upset because I already like, I told, you know, Jess and Sonia and my sister and everything in our group text. And we were, you Cause know, you mentally go it. there. You mentally yeah, are like, we do. It's like, happening. Yeah. You be a big brother and you start mm-hmm. picturing things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's and even like my husband was like talking, you know, we we're figuring out like how we were going to reveal it to the family again this time. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just, it felt very real, you know, because it's like five days in a row, you get a pregnancy test, you're, that's positive, you're thinking, you know, it's going in the right direction, but it was um, clearly not, but it was, this time was definitely more upsetting to me, because it was kind of like, the first one, I know, like, a lot of my friends have had them, so, like, I, w- I know chances are at some point, if you're trying for multiple children, you're probably going to have one, whether you know about it or not, and so, mm-hmm. you know, not to make light of the situation but like the reality is that this part of nature and part of your body doing what it's supposed to do and I knew that and that was how I made sense of it and made myself feel better about it and and stuff but Mm -hmm. it still hurts it's still like Mm -hmm. well we you know I'm counting out like how far apart my kids are going to be and like when the birthday is going to be and everything and it's just and it just sucks because you know then Mm -hmm. you're like okay back to the drawing board and for me it's like we've already done two rounds of Clomid, they tell you, well, you only really want to do the same thing three times and move on to something else. And it's like, the, mm-hmm. you know, all the shots and the medication that makes you feel sick and all this stuff, it's exhausting. And, you know, just, you don't want to have to keep going through it, but it's, you know, it's but you, you want, you want another child, so you do it, you know, mm-hmm. it is, it's, it's a lot. And so that, um, after that happened, I took a couple months off because I, I ended up going to Maine and like I just mentally needed it um but you know I was like we're going on vacation let me just be able to have a couple drinks and eat what Mm -hmm. I want and just Mm -hmm. you know um relax I also um started working with a nutritionist and I was like maybe you know just starting to have not that my diet was horrible but you know improving that is always helpful you know and just trying Mm -hmm. to think of the ways I can help prevent happening it happening again which I don't I'm a healthy person I don't do drugs I don't drink a lot I don't do things. so I yeah you know I, I feel like I'm doing mostly what I can but I am 40 years old and you know a lot of my follicles are not good and so mm-hmm. I'm going through this process to like sift through and find another good one but mm-hmm. I learned through this process because I didn't research it as much until it happened to me and then I can't sleep at night and I'm, you know, Googling and researching and driving myself crazy about this. And I just didn't realize how, how common it was, but I also didn't realize like how much of a miracle my son was either because Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how low the chances were with my age and like, you know, all the things that have to happen. And, you know, I, didn't have it easy because it took me, you know, eight months to get him or whatever. Yeah. But like, it wasn't that hard either where I didn't have to do like IVF or, you know, some of my friends had to go through that route. And, um, you know, and it was one round of Clomid and then we had this perfect baby, you know, and mm-hmm. so um, it didn't, it didn't click that like, 
that was such a miracle until like I started going through this and we've now been, you know, trying for another seven, eight months now, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, and still no baby, but it's still, you know, it is, it's a taboo topic to their point. Um, I haven't told a lot of people about it. Um, mainly now you're telling a lot of people, not, now I'm telling a lot of people. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not because I mind sharing it because I know I didn't do anything stupid for it to happen or anything. I'm not, I'm not ashamed um, of it. I, I know it's a normal thing that can happen to anybody. Um, but I always, I struggled talking to people about it because I, I don't want them to be uncomfortable and not. Know I was just going to gonna say. ask, you know, like, right. wanting, more of that. Are you not wanting them to be? Yeah, because I don't. I mean, what do you say? Like, oh, I'm so sorry yeah. for your loss. It's like really right. all you yeah. can say right. that makes sense. And even then, it's like I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, thank you. you yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I there, appreciate your understanding. <laughs> right. There's really not. There's nothing that makes it mm. makes you feel better. You know, mm. um, except for just making light of it by sending me photos of um, <laughs> aliens and like, this is what it would have looked like. So this is what Probably that. So, <laughs> and it's like this horrible, like alien from the movie. Right. <laughs> Tentacles coming out of its forehead. Yeah, like, probably what, yeah, what it was. I think that's what it looked like. And I'm like, yeah, right. probably. Right. Probably best, you know. Oh but, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, other, like, it's just, there's not much. I mean, we, I do know that obviously there was something wrong with it and I have limited time. And so what I don't want is to have a pregnancy go, you know, three, four five months in and then have it happen or have a stillbirth or like a baby that's unhealthy and Mm -hmm. dies in its first year. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it could be a lot worse. So I look at it like, you know, I'm glad it happened early on because the longer that they're with you, the more attached you get, the, you know, the harder Mm -hmm. it hits. So I will um, say too, it's like there's PTSD that comes from just to prepare yourself when you, when you finally do get pregnant. Yeah. Cause it's like, we, you know, we had gone through two miscarriages before and then we finally get pregnant and it's like, well, am I allowed to be happy? Am mm-hmm. I allowed to be excited about this? Mm-hmm. I want to be excited about this, but like, is it, yeah. is, is you don't want to get your hopes up too much again? again? Yeah. And so one of the things that, um, and they did this when we were going through IVF and stuff, but I, I didn't really, I didn't really appreciate its benefits until I was pregnant again. And, you know, because we were in the middle of our, um, fourth round, well, we were about to start our fourth round of IVF when we got pregnant. Um, when I let my doctor know like, Hey, we're pregnant. Um, he still, he still treated me like I was his patient, you know, and he's just like, okay, well, you know, you have had a couple miscarriages before. Let's just be safe. Um, we're going to put you on, he put me on, um, progesterone injections and what progesterone does is, um, if you take progesterone within the first 16 weeks of pregnancy, um, it's, uh, Basically, and it inhibits the growth of the lining of the u- of the uterus before menstruation. So it basically makes it so that you don't bleed. Mm-hmm. Um, studies have shown that progesterone can reduce the number of miscarriages in women who have experienced previous loss. So basically, it, it gives the embryo some time to stick. 
Um, at the end of the day, if the embryo shit and it's not going to move forward and it's an alien with all these tentacles coming out of its face, like <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna die off regardless. See, this is what we do. We laugh at like horrible, mm-hmm. dark inappropriate things. stuff. Inappropriate <laughs> things. But if it's not meant to stick, it's not going to stick around regardless. Mm-hmm. But what progesterone does is it be- kind of just, it gives you more time. And mm-hmm. so it, it basically like, allows your body time to figure out like, wait, don't just automatically go on autopilot and have a period. Hold on. Wait, mm-hmm. there's something here. Let's mm-hmm. give it a, give it some time. Mm-hmm. And so I did progesterone injections for um, the first, they do it up to 10 weeks. And um, I remember being really scared to stop the progesterone injections. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to stop because I was just like <sighs> convinced that, it, you know, my body was going to do the same thing again. And, but then I quickly got over it when <laughs> my doctor informed us that it's best to stop. Like they don't do it beyond 10 weeks because if it's a boy, there's been some studies that have shown that it can cause defects to the penis, whether that be a short penis a weird looking penis. I don't fucking know. I looked but it up and it's like, I looked this up and it's like the hole for the urethra is like down underneath the penis, like all the way underneath. So like the head of the penis has no like hole, no opening. All I can say is the second my husband heard that, he's like, we're stopping tonight. And it was like, <laughs> it was like only week six. And he's just like, no, 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 you're okay. We're just not going to do it after week 10. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I remember I was really scared. And then like, you know, I, it was just for, for the full nine months, every single time I went to the bathroom, I was scared to wipe because I was afraid that I was going to see blood. I would like hold my pee for a really long time just because I was afraid to go to the bathroom. Every single time I went to the bathroom, I'd look at, even when it was like, I was in the safe zone of like, well, you know, at this point, if you had the baby, you're fine or whatever, they'll, they'll, whatever. It didn't, it didn't matter. Like, up until like the week before I went in for my C-section, I was still afraid to wipe. Like there's just something you just, you can't, it's, it's literally PTSD, mm-hmm. like just so mm-hmm. afraid. Um, I, my birthday was that it was that cause we found out we got pregnant in February. My birthday is the 18th and I just couldn't have fun. I felt so bad. My husband had planned all these fun things and like, I just, it should have been what normally would have been had I not experienced the miscarriages, such like a fun experience and a fun time. And I would have like indulged in cake and ice cream and all these great things and just had so much fun. I was just not there. Like mm-hmm. I just was like, I was so afraid to do anything, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, did I accidentally drink some kind of, did I drink something that had caffeine in it before? And I didn't know, did I, I mean, I was, I had a head cold and I had some vitamin C Did I have too much vitamin C. Did I cause this? So like, I had all these thoughts in my head before of like, was this my fault, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I was just such, I was just so nervous. Like we didn't tell anybody that we were pregnant outside of the close circle and family until like, I mean, gosh, I was like, what, three or four months pregnant Mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We waited a really long time before we told anybody because we, we were just, we were just afraid, right. you know, it just, it doesn't go away. And right. even now to this day, he's here, he's physically in my arms, he's here, but I still have that like sinking thought of like something could happen to take mm-hmm. him away, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just there. I just don't think it's, it goes away. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it no. sucks. I agree. Definitely not. You can't even imagine going through that 
twice. Both of you did. It's, yeah. you know, something that like I was telling, I was sharing with Tiffany and when she kind of brought up, you have to sift through to find, you know, something that was helping me. And the thing too, that I, I want also want to like, you know, um, say, you know, having gone through fertility treatments, many rounds of fertility treatments and having them be a fail. Um, there's a lot of similar emotions there as to having a miscarriage mm-hmm. because you're going through the two week wait, you're and you're mm-hmm. on a lot of medications that give you pregnancy hormones and mm-hmm. give you the, the symptoms. And so you're like, I'm a little nauseous. Yeah, I'm a little dry mouth. Know, I have like, a headache. What's what? I have this. Yeah, exactly. And so you, mm-hmm. without, even though you're like, you're like, I'm not going to get my hopes up. You're fucking getting your hopes up. You mm-hmm. can't, there's no way around you it. Are. You're hoping. You are. And then when it comes and you're not pregnant, that itself is also a loss. You know, right. you're mm-hmm. still in a lot of ways, it's not technically a miscarriage, but there's mm-hmm. still a lot of similar feelings there and emotions mm-hmm. that happen. And one of the things that my, my doctor was amazing. Another shout out, Dr. Koo, Dallas IVF. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Um, another, you know, one of the things that he told us that I literally would have in my mind. So every time it would be a disappointment or it would be a miscarriage, I would let myself feel it. I would be upset. I would cry. I'd go through the motions, have, have that moment, sad, angry, frustrated, woe is me, do it, go through it, you have to. But then don't live there for very long, then move on to, okay, so now now what? Well, what that means is now I have another opportunity to try again. Mm-hmm. Um, what that means is he described it as when we're all born, we're all born with a bowl of green marbles. And the green marbles are going to symbolize healthy eggs. And so we're all born with a bowl of green marbles. And as we age, the marbles start getting speckled with red dots. And then when you hit 35, now you have um, a bowl of green marbles with some red speckles, and then maybe like a few that are completely red. And then the closer to 40 you get, then now you have, you still have green marbles, but you have less green marbles, more that are speckled, and then more that are all red. And then the older you get, it, you know, starts, the, the green starts kind of morphing into more just red marbles. So each time you reach in the bowl and you get a handful out of speckled and red, that means that it increases the odds that the next time you reach in that bowl, you're eventually going to grab a green marble because there are green marbles in there. So the more red and more speckles you pull out, the more you're, you're increasing your chances that you're going to pull that green marble. And so I'm a very visual person. So hearing that, like it really did help because I would go through the motions of being angry, upset, sad, confused. And then I would have a minute being like, okay, you know what? I just took out another handful. That's, that's less red. That's mudding up the, the waters. Now I have, I have more of a chance. So this, that's now the green is going to be more visible. So that way my body knows that it can go in and select that green marble now. And so mm-hmm. that was the mindset that I had to be. And that's what I kept, you know, keep telling Tiffany. It's just like, you know, feel it. You're going to be upset, but then mm-hmm. look at it like this you now have another opportunity to try again. It's another opportunity to reach in that bowl. You're, you're increasing your chances. And so I know we're kind of moving, I moved on to like fertility a little bit, but it, it is, it is the same feeling. So right. and I like, weight is the worst. Right. It is. And I was really hoping you would say that analogy because I think it's just so helpful because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's science and that's, I love you know, it. 
That's Mm -hmm. what's actually happening with our bodies as geriatric mamas. So I was actually going to ask you to say that because I can't say it right. I don't know the whole thing, but that was, that was really good. Yeah. It's just like that visual was just so helpful for me Mm -hmm. because I'm like, he's, he's right. Like eventually you're going to grab a green marble, you know, Mm -hmm. it's there. And so like, and you know, even having that analogy in mind, it's like Adam and I talk about it. We're like, all of the fertility treatments, it's easy to say, well, they didn't work for me. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, let's think about this. Let's think about his analogy, right? Mm -hmm. I went through three rounds of egg retrievals that were all ended up being duds. They didn't Mm -hmm. turn into anything. So that means I went through, so normally when you go through a normal um, natural um, cycle, nomads or anything, you ovulate, your body releases one egg. Well, I went through multiple rounds of egg retrievals where they're grabbing a bunch of eggs at once. So they're, they're removing a bunch of red marbles out of me. Mm -hmm. So by the time that we were trying again, well, my dish now has more green marbles. So maybe it did actually help us get pregnant naturally because it took out a lot of, a lot of the aliens with scales and tentacles. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you know, the way that you're saying it, it is about fertility, but it's also about, the coping mechanism that's, you know, mm. I feel like it's the most helpful coping mechanism because it gives you hope. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's, I was, yeah, I was any, anything that would give me hope I, mm-hmm. I latched to. So it was like, you know, I know I um, talked about this before, but it was like, you know, researching celebrities in their forties that are, mm-hmm. have, you know, having babies or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, looking up stories of, women who really were struggling with fertility for years and then finally ended up with their miracle baby. Like I didn't mm-hmm. want to hear about the stories of like, Oh my God, I tried and I just got pregnant right away. And it was miracle. <laughs> it was great. And I have this beautiful family, five fucking kids. Like I didn't want it that, that didn't do anything for me. Like I mm-hmm. wanted to hear about the woman who struggled for a while mm-hmm. and then got pregnant. I wanted to hear about the woman who went through all these miscarriages. I wanted to, you know, or, or, and I'm still following um, bloggers who are, in the thick of, you know, trying to get pregnant. And it's, that's, that's what I found to be helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Those are those stories that Mm -hmm. gave me hope. Those are the stories that made me realize like, you're not alone. There's many Mm -hmm. women that Mm -hmm. have experienced this loss, you know, um, and Mm -hmm. they just don't talk about it. And so the ones that were opening up and talking about it, I really attached myself to. And, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So anything that I could, that could bring me hope, anything that could help keep pushing me forward. Mm -hmm. I I really too and that analogy was definitely one of them yeah Yeah. I mean even when you think about statistics in general like we just had a meeting with our our doctor because we did our three rounds of Clomid this time and we're like okay what do we do now we're kind of asking those questions like okay do we move on to IUI like how much more successful is that do we try you know going straight to IVF um you know and and just hearing the, the statistics of just getting pregnant in general, like how low it is even for healthy young people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just, you think you see, you know, these movies or you hear the stories of like one night stand and someone gets pregnant. It's like the chances are so low. It happens, but like, Mm -hmm. there's so Mm -hmm. many things that have to happen even with like the youngest, healthiest people for like, you know, Mm -hmm. for them to get the healthy baby. And so it's just, it's crazy. And yeah, it declines like rapidly as you get older but it's you know just the statistics alone are just amazing to to see like 
mm-hmm. there are a lot of people out there struggling, like, or, you know, they're not, it, it's not easy for really most people, even, you know, those younger than us. And so it's, it's just amazing when you actually sit down and talk about that with the doctor. I'm just sitting there thinking like, yeah, my odds are pretty low, you know, no matter mm-hmm. what I do. Um, but I already have a baby and my odds were low two years ago too, right. you know, and um, yeah. he is my hope now, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that it can happen, but it's a lot of pain, a lot of money, a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's exhausting. God, the money, the money. But- <laughs> Talk. that's a whole other episode like, right God, I, swear, to fertility. I swear though it's a scam it's, so it's literally mm-hmm. a it scam so it, it truly is like it's mm-hmm. just yeah. such a ridiculous it's, it's so amazing ridiculous. that most insurance doesn't cover it and they no, don't they consider don't. it like a health issue or anything it's but but you can crazy. be morbidly obese yes by choice, and, and then. by choice, <laughs> yeah. and like, i watch my 600 pound life i know what's up and you can be morbidly obese by choice and the and get insurance approval for gastric bypass surgery and or mm-hmm. whatever. Like it's just it's crazy right. to me. And right. it's like you have fertility that actually is a medical condition. Right. You know, regardless, taking age out of it. Like mm-hmm. there's even women, you know, you don't even have to be at a geriatric to be dealing with fertility yeah. issues. There are some women that have a it, lot it of can issues, happen at yeah. any age, you know. Right. So it's just it's it's ridiculous. It's, that's like that's a whole other tangent, right? It there. is. And I think, <laughs> I think some states are trying to make it mandatory now that I insurance they do. covers. I it. really do. Yeah, I think in the, like other countries have it covered, like the mm-hmm. UK. Like a lot of bloggers and stuff that I mm-hmm. follow. Like um, there's uh, uh, actually a podcast that I was listening to a lot that was really helpful. So shout out to them. But it's Big Fat Negative mm-hmm. VPN is their podcast. There, you should listen to it. They're it's actually really cool. Yeah, they are good. Um, and I love them. Um, and uh, they're in the UK and they have like a whole system that like it's there. You can pay for private private coverage, which I guess is a little bit better, but they mm-hmm. do have like, it's not state, but whatever it is, coverage that that is included, that'll help you. And there's like fertility, there's like clinics and stuff that are mm-hmm. all included in that and everything. And yeah, it's, it's part of it. It's like normal mm-hmm. out there. Like they would refer to the US all the time. Like, yeah, they don't have free coverage out there and right like could you imagine and i'm like yes i can imagine right <laughs> right like, like, it well, for a while that <laughs> and that and one of your best friends worked for an amazing company that also yes. offered so you weren't like necessarily hearing anything from anyone else except for me on that so you were kind yeah. of like going through the cost thing like on your own you mm-hmm. and adam yeah you know so it was awful yeah it was awful Actually, back to that podcast, VPN, that's, Mm -hmm. um, there, they had an episode. I'll include what episode it is in the show notes when we print this out. We make a note of that, Sonia, so I don't forget. But, um, there's an episode there. They had an episode. I forget who the guest speaker was, but she, she was some doctor. Um, and that doctor was the one talking about how one of the main reasons why, women struggle to get pregnant is because they miss their ovulation window. Mm-hmm. And she was the one mm-hmm. that had recommended saying, have sex every single day. Yeah. From the time that you get after you have your period until like sometimes like twice. Um, she was like saying that after you have sex, lay on your stomach, spend 10 minutes on your stomach, then flip over and spend 10 minutes on your back. Mm-hmm. And she said the reason for that was because some women's cervix could like dip a certain way. And if, it's kind of, it's kind of gross, but if it's dipping a certain way, then it's creating like a bowl, then like 
the semen could be kind of hanging out here. And so flipping will essentially help it kind of like move. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She explained it better, but I was just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's give it a try. It sounds like fun. And we were in between, right? We yeah. were waiting. So we're like, what do we have to lose? So I tried that and that's what worked for us. Yeah. So I'm going to include that episode. Um, and we'll give them a shout out for that because that's just something that I was just like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty. And I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand with coping mechanisms too. It's like listening to things like that and finding new practical mm-hmm. ways of trying on your own or via mm-hmm. IVF. Yeah, Cause you just, just don't so know what's going to work. Do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't, I think like the big thing is um, I'm, I'm a really, I'm really bad at like when something really traumatizing happens um i like to block it out i like to push it away i want to reject it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't want to feel it um but Mm -hmm. one thing that i've learned um you know going through the first miscarriages i i did keep it really close to me held it in tight didn't really talk to a lot of people about it and then um when it happened again and i couldn't help it it was just too much. And then I, you know, let it out. And so I, you know, definitely just give yourself a moment, go Mm -hmm. through the motions. It's a loss. It's literally a death and it's okay to look at it like that. Mm -hmm. It's not, don't let anybody make you feel, minimize it. Well, it was, it was very early Mm -hmm. or like, Oh, it was just whatever. Like, no, it wasn't Mm -hmm. just whatever. It was, it was your hope. It was your dreams. It was everything. And it's a loss. So Mm -hmm. definitely give yourself time we did Google a few ways that women can cope with emotional heartache of miscarriage. So mm-hmm. um, if it's possible, take some time off from work. Like I took a couple days, definitely needed that. Just let myself cry and eat all the things. And I think mm-hmm. I got really wasted one of the days. <laughs> um, if you can afford it and it's a thing, travel, go on a weekend getaway or vacation, um, throw yourself into a project or a craft for us. We were in the middle of, um, renovate, we're we still a heart, never ending, but we're mm-hmm. in the middle of, um, the thick of renovating our house. So, um, and with Tiffany, with all of your home building projects, you know, just really good distraction. Mm-hmm. Very distracting. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't do this one. This one was a little much for me, but I know that this, I've read that this has helped some people give your unborn baby a name and plant a tree or plant or, or like a plant, like maybe like a rose bush or something in their honor. Um, I thought that was really sweet and kind of have like a little like ceremony, say a few words and just lay your baby to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, if just you're for people- some closure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good idea. I could see that helping some people. Yeah. Um, if you're a people person, surround yourself with friends and loved ones um, when ready to talk about when, when ready, talk about it. The more you talk about it, the easier it becomes to accept to and move forward. You can also join a support group, go to mm-hmm. therapy. I thought those were some. Yeah. Good I love ways. how you say specifically if you're a people person. I had to, I had to put that in there because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I like for me, like, yeah, the only people that I would have wanted around me in that moment are you girls and like, mm-hmm. you're not here. So mm-hmm. everybody right. else can just fuck right off. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. It's funny how I'm the like, older you get, like <laughs> the less and less of a people person you get, yeah. the older you get. It's just like, you know, yeah, time for right. this, this many people the around more me. I yeah. my, my yeah. time. So, so when it comes to ways yeah, friends and family can help <laughs> because I have firsthand experience in, in this, unfortunately. Um, 
you know, all too much experience in it is, I mean, first, I really want to go back and talk about when Jessica was talking about taking the time to grieve because miscarriage is a loss. I think that's one of the things that, you know, friends and family can really, you know, get behind and get around. Sorry. Is that I, the, the pterodactyl? pterodactyl the back, yeah, the, the pterodactyl. I'm okay. sorry. Yes, the pterodactyl. pterodactyl came to <laughs> say hello. Yes. <laughs> He's the most cute pterodactyl sound I've ever heard. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but ways that friends can be there, I mean, truly, and I don't know, like acknowledging the loss of a baby because it truly is a loss of a baby. It's mm-hmm. a loss of a baby for your friend or your family member, but it's also, you know, sometimes a loss for you because you were looking forward mm-hmm. to that baby being there and, you know, mm-hmm. seeing that person become a mom or that person become a dad. So um, just really acknowledging it and being open to conversation and a listening ear. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean necessarily offering advice because people don't always want to hear advice by all means yeah. that they ask for it. And you've got some mm-hmm. tips <laughs> by all means yeah. share that, but it's not really, it's not really necessary. Sometimes just listening and being a safe outlet is all that people need. Mm-hmm. Ask them what they need or what you can do to help. You may not get a solid answer, but constantly reminding them that you're there through checking in will help them feel supported and loved. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's definitely something that friends and family, you know, want to do, but sometimes don't know if they should. Mm-hmm. But for me, I didn't I think, really care with Jessica. I'm like, I need to be there. So yeah, <laughs> we're checking in I every five like minutes. I think the best response, because like I told um, my sister-in-law, Cameron's sister, um, and she was so sweet. She's like, I'm, I'm so sorry. And she's like, I'm, I'm here if you want to talk about it. Like she was just like, I... I don't know what to say, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I want you to know you can, you can talk to me about it. And I was just like, that's really sweet. Like that was the perfect thing to say. Like mm-hmm. I could tell she was genuinely concerned. She felt really bad. And then like mm-hmm. the next day she checked in, like, how are you feeling? You know, are you doing okay? And I just, it, it meant a lot. Cause I'm like, she, she acknowledged it. She wasn't like pushing to like talk about it, but she was making herself available. I wanted mm-hmm. to open up more about it. And it wasn't, that I wasn't able to talk about it. It was just kind of, you know, I appreciated her saying that and I had already kind of worked through it myself, you know, by the time I had told her about it. So, um, but Mm -hmm. I thought that was really sweet. I will say one, one thing that um, I would advise is that like, if you are talking to your doctor about it, like they are so hooked up on like the scientific part of it alone. And like a lot of them do not have the best bedside manners. They're not going to be that emotional person that's going to say things in the right way. Um, In fact, they may be really smart doctors, but they're idiots when it comes to like having conversations about this because Yes. I mean, I, I have too. I mean, even just this last conversation, she's like, Oh, you had a positive pregnancy test and, and, uh, looks like it was a chemical pregnancy. Yeah. Just, you know, and then it goes into it in a very scientific term. Like it was so absolutely nothing. Not a big deal. Very oh, it was just a chemical. Yeah. Oh, okay. and like, me and Cameron are both on the call and I'm like, we, I mean, that was an emotional thing for us. So it was just like, mm-hmm. I mean, she wasn't wrong about what she explained, but she, she could have been more emotional about it. But right. the reason I'm saying that is because just know to expect that from a doctor and mm-hmm. like, just don't think about it or like, let it get to you because that is just how they, they talk about it because they see it all the time. It's so common to them that it's no big deal. 
mm-hmm. that, you know, like the, it's like a, just another Tuesday for them because who knows how many phone right. calls they've made and said the exact same thing um, mm-hmm. because they're working in a fertility clinic and mm-hmm. this happens all the time, you know? And so it's, felt a little bit dismissive to me but at the same time I'm like okay I just need to be realistic that you know that it's just an everyday thing to them and like I I dropped I dropped my OB my first OB because of that because of her response she didn't technically do anything wrong right that's exactly but it just it really bothered me because it was like you know I um I had been calling and they knew like I had been talking to uh her nurse and I was told that I'd be getting a phone call with my results. And so I've been waiting around all day for this phone call. And finally I looked in the portal and I saw like the message in there. Like you are not pregnant. Your number is this. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. It's just awful. And it was just like so yeah. impersonal. So it, just as a matter so of fact. Bad. And like I said, it wasn't like you were, I'm sorry to say, or mm-hmm. you were no longer pregnant. It was just, mm-hmm. you were not pregnant. Like I wasn't fucking lying about it, bitch. Like I saw, yeah. a pre- right. you know, like just yeah. knowledge. And like, oh, it looks like it was a chemical, like it just so dismissive. And it was like, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. it's not, yeah. So I, it, that didn't, that didn't really, it didn't sit well with me. I, right. I dropped, mm-hmm. I dropped her. And I'm like already looking to move too, right. not because I can't handle that she's an idiot when she talks about those things. I mean, she's smart. She's not wrong. Like when she went through like, you know, what medications I had been on and what she wants to increase and everything, I could tell like she knew what she was talking about there. But I'm also like, if you want to be successful at what you're doing, you have to learn how to have these conversations in a in a better way because it's mm-hmm. such an emotional thing for people. And like, you, if you're going to be completely emotionless, like, right, probably right. get in a different line of medical, like, right, yeah. go talk about diabetes or something, right? I I, yeah, and I will say, like, you know, um, I can't stress this enough. Do your homework. Like not every mm-hmm. fertility clinic is the same. Not every doctor is the same. Mm-hmm. Every doctor is going to have a different view, mm-hmm. perspective, treatment plan, mm-hmm. personality. Um, book a consultation. It's mm-hmm. free. You know, set up a consultation yeah. with them. Get to feel the personality. Right. Um, my OB, she was great as an OB, but then when it came to all the fertility stuff, I needed somebody with a little more empathy. Right. Went to a different fertility clinic after that. They're terrible, right? Not bringing them up, but it was like she was talking at me. She wasn't mm-hmm. talking with me. And I remember I would go into a conversation. I'd have a list of notes that I wanted to questions I wanted to bring up, and we'd end the call. And I didn't get through any of my questions because she would talk over me and talk at me mm-hmm. and make me feel this big, you know, and kind of undermine my opinions and views. And in like I said, it just felt like she was tossing me in a bucket. And it just mm-hmm. I said in right. another episode felt like she was tossing me in a bucket and didn't really care. But um. Then my other, you know, Dr. Koo and talking to him and he and his wife had um, experience loss. They went through many rounds of um, IUI or IVF. I think they went through like, gosh, I don't even know. I don't want to lie, but I think it was like seven rounds or something. They went through a lot of rounds. They, they definitely battled with um, fertility for a while. And mm-hmm. so he had that viewpoint. He had that empathy and, and just that alone for me was important to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just know what, know what you need because it's already such a, an emotional mind fuck that right. you want to make sure that you're comfortable with the doctor and you have all the confidence in the world that the doctor has your best interest. And if you mm-hmm. have any any bad taste in your mouth or any hesitation or insecurity about them, 
leave, find right. a different one because it's a lot yeah. of money. It's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. Don't and, be wasting your time. Right. Yeah. And to the point of money, because that. I didn't really, yeah. I mean, to the point of money, when it comes to this whole like IVF or, you know, any kind of fertility treatment, these doctors are only able to do their jobs because we're paying them to help us get pregnant, which is a very mm-hmm. emo- emotional thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you really do need to treat it as an emotional thing because that is, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that is their job. So mm-hmm. I know that they're yeah. doctors. I know that they're medical. I know that they're more science-based, but their exact job is to help women get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when they when a woman isn't pregnant, it's a very sad thing and doctors need to take that into account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you do feel like they might not, if you get a bad vibe from them right away, um, mm-hmm. which I kind of did with the person I'm working with now and here I am like three rounds into <laughs> something and I've had to be oh. like, can we change something? Like, do I need to increase something? Like I had asked about um, just your own shots because like, Jess and Sonia told me about them and like so I felt like I had to like encourage her to look at my my notes and like my account and then suggest stuff like I felt like I'm not being what like they're not watching what's going on Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. you know I have to be the proactive one and I don't know I mean I know some about it but I don't know all the answers and so the fact that I have to constantly reach out like that's kind of irritating to me so that's why I'm looking for somewhere else because I'm like I'm, I'm paying you, like, I don't want to do your job for mm-hmm. you. So, right. You know? yeah. So if you have a vibe that like, this might not be a good match for me, right? you're probably right. And your instincts are probably telling you to like, move on to somebody else until you got someone that's going to work better for you. Yeah, and I yeah. had someone different with my son and she was no longer there and I, I couldn't find where she went. So I, um, I tried probably to find name. her on LinkedIn. Maybe I'll do some, yeah. I'll do some recruiting I mean, stuff. I honestly, for you. Send me your I name. <laughs> I don't think she was that great, so that's why I didn't go looking hard for her. So mm-hmm. I think it was just I think it was just I got really lucky <laughs> the first yeah. time. So he was the greenest, brightest marble in the bowl. He, he was. Mm-hmm. He fought his way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I don't obviously have, you know, a personal story about miscarriage happening to me, but one thing I did notice, you know, kind of around the whole stigma of talking about miscarriage is that when I opened up on Instagram about going through IVF, it took me a long time to do that. Um, I don't know really why. I guess I just didn't want to share it with everybody at work. Um, But I mean, I love a lot of my coworkers, don't get me wrong, but I just think it's just such a personal thing. So it opens up the door for a lot of conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when I finally did share it, I got a lot of people, even from work, coming forward to me and DMing me saying, hey, you know, I had to go the IVF route because I had a miscarriage or I had two miscarriages. So, and then that actually brought us closer. Um, we became mm-hmm. more than just coworkers and, you know, um, acquaintances outside of work um, came forward with multiple miscarriages and their heartbreak and that they're going to go through IVF and they wanted tips and um, my experience specifically they wanted me to kind of go step by step and what supplements am I taking am I going to acupuncture and that brought us closer as well so I mean there's a stigma around talking about the issue of miscarriage very much so very specifically and 
what I experienced with IVF, not wanting to talk about it. I guess that's kind of, you know, the same feeling, not necessarily because I didn't lose like a baby, but it's just, you don't want to talk about the hard things, but I think it's something Mm -hmm. that brings us together. It makes us closer, Mm -hmm. which ultimately Mm -hmm. just makes things feel better. So I Mm -hmm. wish there wasn't such a stigma about talking about the hard things, especially with women, because we're going through so many of the same things. We just don't mm-hmm. know it. We have to go yeah. through everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. If you search, like, just like, because I did all the same things, Sonia. It's like you search, like, um, like hashtag fertility journey or hashtag miscarriage, miscarriages or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like a whole underground community mm-hmm. of women that are going through the same thing that you're going through. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, unfortunately, they're going through it alone or they feel like they're going through it alone and um I just wish that it was I don't know I don't even know like the best way to have it you know because like I said you're not going to have like a miscarriage announcement (laughs) you know what I mean but it's like I don't know I just wish that it's like for me like I you know um one of the things that people are like oh let's stop the stigma of you know, making women feel like they have to wait until they're in their second trimester to announce their pregnancy and that'll help them open up if there's a loss or whatever. And it's like, for me, it's, it's not that like, I didn't feel like I, I couldn't tell people it was more or less like a defense mechanism for myself and my Mm -hmm. heart, because it Mm -hmm. was like, well, if I tell them I'm pregnant and then it doesn't work, then I have to tell them and over and over again to a million people Mm -hmm. that it's no longer a thing or Mm -hmm. then I'm risking them coming to me and asking me about it. Mm -hmm. But then it's like the the other side of that is like, but then like you don't tell them and then you do experience a loss and then you're truly experiencing it alone Mm -hmm. because like Mm -hmm. it is awkward to bring up at that point, you know? So you just have to do what's right sucks. for you, what you're comfortable yeah. with, you know? Like, Whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. One person could be like, you know, I'm fine with sharing it with the world because if I have a loss, I'm fine with sharing with the world about that too, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's totally fine. Like some mm-hmm. people can do that and they that makes them get over it because they've shared it. It's out there and it's, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then others keep it in and it is kind of whatever makes you feel comfortable and however much you want to share. I mean, there's people that, air all their dirty laundry on the internet yeah. and feel great about it. So, you know, like just exactly whatever. And like to Tanya's you. point, it was like the moment I started, I think I, my first post that I really opened up to kind of indicate was uh, mother's day. And it was my, it was mother's day before I had Hayden. So he was still in my belly. And I did a, a post where I, for the first time opened up and shared a little not, I didn't go heavy into it, but I really kind of shed some light on to, I struggled a bit mm-hmm. and the amount of people that reached out to me that I didn't even know about mm-hmm. had been struggling and going through it, um, was just overwhelming and in, mm-hmm. in a good way, you know, mm-hmm. um, I didn't realize just how many people mm-hmm. were going through it. Right. No, definitely. And your story helps because they yeah. made them feel connected right. and Exactly. Not alone. Well, I'm glad we we talked about it today. Thank you guys for sharing your mm-hmm. stories. I know it's not easy. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's made it easier since we've all been able to talk to each other about it. It would have been a mm-hmm. lot harder. Um, but I've been I was I've been lucky enough to have you guys to talk through all of this stuff with that I've been going through. So 
Yeah. Thank you for being a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad you went there with it because I was starting to get teary-eyed again. So So I guess that wraps up this episode for us, guys. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. We'll be covering parenting styles and recapping the show, The Parent Test, on Hulu. It's a fun one, so you don't want to miss it. Follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend. We need your support. We need all the support we can get from you guys. all your support. (laughs) Please, please, please. (laughs) For more info, you can check out our website, www.geriatricmamas.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at geriatric (laughs) underscore mamas, on Twitter at geriatricmamas, and follow our group page on Facebook, Geriatric Mamas. And we also have a um, Facebook page, which is also Go Figure Geriatric Mamas. <laughs> if you have a topic idea you'd like t- us to discuss, are interested in being a guest, or simply have a funny geriatric story to tell, you can go on our website at Be Our Guest and fill out our little questionnaire. And we will be we will get back to you as soon as we possibly can. Yay! Bye, guys! Great. Bye, guys! <laughs>